dun, 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 no, Charlie, we have a theme now, remember? I, I know. Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. It's been a while since we discussed a Sonic the Hedgehog game. And this time, we're here to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, and not the greater series overall, but an entry in the series that came out around the year 2006. We're going to talk about the best Sonic the Hedgehog game. We're going to have to try and... I think the big question here is, is this game better or worse than the other game with its name? The other two, really, because the Game Gear one is also present. There are three games called Sonic the Hedgehog. That's true. Now, before we get started... I'm Steven, and I'm joined by my kind host, Charlie. Hello. And another kind host, Isaiah. Hey. We've been we've been doing this for a little while now. This is season three? Yeah, well, yes. Again, I'm not... I think seasons is what we're going to go with. But it's like this a This is phase like three. It's an era of Sonic. This is... Should we call it the reboot era? I was thinking no. about this earlier. Well, it's the... It's the modern era yeah, I mean, this game is kind of a soft reboot that failed. Yeah, it, yeah, the thing is that it's a reboot, but then we got back to, like, sort of, like, the designs in this game are a little more elongated, and they are, I think they're supposed to sort of replicate, like, human anatomy better? Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I really like the official artwork for this game. Not in, not necessarily the official models, but, like, the artwork for these look really nice. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy who draws necks on Sonic characters, so it's things that people who aren't furries don't like on Sonic characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing is that, like, also, not only are the Sonic characters supposed to look more human, but we have, obviously, like, the lady Elise or whatever, and we have yeah. Eggman, who looks a lot more like a human than he ever has before. To, uh, horrifying effect. <laughs> I have two big problems with the Eggman design. The first is that he just, like, he's so human that he doesn't have energy anymore. You know? Like, what I like about Eggman is that he's just really, like, extra, I guess. He's a showman. Yeah, he's a yeah. showman, exactly. Like, his original design is almost like a like a circus ringmaster sort of, sort of design. Yeah, and this definitely mm-hmm. loses that element. For sure. Yeah, like, if you just compare this to literally any other game, whether it's before or after, because, like, Shadow the Hedgehog, he was really hamming it up yeah right and in that game he's literally a television screen for the majority of it yeah and it, it feels like the voice actor sort of got a direction to tone it down because his character doesn't move very much so like the the entire voice lines don't have a lot of energy with them either right and he for two of the quote-unquote Eggman boss fights he's not like piloting the machine so you don't really get to hear any feedback yeah and when you do face him in a mech He's very, um, he's, yeah, he's just not as boisterous. He's just kind of like, get a load of this. Or <laughs> yeah. Fall. Get a load of this. Well, no, it's not even that. It would be like just talking to somebody because <laughs> that's how it, it feels like he's just talking yeah. to you. He's not, he, does he even really taunt you? Princess Elise, please come with me or I'll kill you. So the, the second complaint that I have is that. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We haven't started complaints yet. We're just discussing... No, the the second complaint I have with Eggman's design, okay? Oh, okay. The second problem that I have is that his pants are too high up, and it, like, it's not, like, it's... He's got that, that, like, tummy bit 
that like the pants just accentuate <laughs> oh. and it's so weird yeah he does like look like an out of shape man but not in a cartoony way yeah like it's it's weird because in all of his other like designs like he's no it in... is in a cartoony way and that's the problem yeah like he's an out of shape man in like a cartoony way but it's like it's like even whereas this it looks like the physics of when you wear pants too high and it like exposes your like it it you like get a lets beer the gut that like lifts up it's like a bra for your beer gut yeah exactly <laughs> that's what he's also... got and it's especially I, I, weird because his shirt's tucked in. Uh, <laughs> Isaiah, I honestly thought your second complaint is that sometimes you can actually see his eyes. I don't like. I I'm not looking at his eyes. I'm looking at his beer gut. He's got these two, the two like like long Eggman front cape things. I don't know what they're called. The big button. It's like it's like uh, coattails, but it's in the front, you know. And then around that, he has. Clearly, like it's, I feel like it's a third front coattail, but he tucks it inside his pants so that it it looks really weird and it bothers me a lot. And it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, Eggman's design of all the characters is the worst for sure. Even like Elise looks more rational, I think, than, than Elise Eggman just kind of looks like an 11 year old. 11? I mean, I guess I was always looking at her like compared to Sonic, and she's much taller. But maybe like compared to other humans, she she's she's like younger. a she's like a really tall eleven year old. Well, also her design doesn't rely on any like previous iteration. Right. She's mm -hmm. an original character to this game. Yeah. I mean, we do have like humans before this that have real proportions, so it's not as out of. Yeah, but they have like anime faces, not human. Features. I think that Elise has like a pretty anime face going on. Yeah. For sure. Not compared to the Sonic Adventure NPCs. Dude, well, they don't have faces, Charlie. Dude, Elise and Maria are d equally anime-faced. Yeah, I guess that's what I was thinking of was Maria when I was looking at Elise for, like, humans. Because Maria's the only real human character that, that is, like, a character. Other than yeah. maybe, like, the commander from Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> mm. Who is also fairly anime-faced. Yeah, but he's, like, an old yeah. man anime-faced, yeah. so it's hard to... Anyway, yeah, like, I don't think Elise actually looks as weird as she should yeah. in this game. She looks weird, but in a way that I, like, don't really have a problem with. Yeah, I'm not angry about Elite. There, uh, there are plenty of other things to be angry at this game about. <laughs> Such as? Yeah, I was going to say, before we get sort of into the swing of things here, there are a few things I want to cover that are kind of just explored territory. But if you've never heard of this game, which I think is possible because of how old it is at this point, yeah. I just wanted to let you know, hey, the loading times are... Frequent and long, they are at least, like, 45 seconds each loading time. My biggest problem is that, like, it'll load and then it'll immediately be gameplay. Like, a lot of games that have long loading times make you hit a button before it gets to the gameplay. So that, like, you're aware. But, like, it's done loading, the timer has started, so you can't pay attention to anything else. I recently started playing, like, a Wipeout, actually, because it's free on PSN right now. And I started playing it, and that game has long loading times because it's got these massive maps that are really nice looking. It has audio tracks and stuff, and you have to kind of load that. But I would play my phone, like I would play Dr. Mario World on my phone while I was waiting, and it like does a cool transition to where it shows you the map and it does all the, the pan through the little raceway and everything. But it doesn't like make you start your engine or whatever until you hit the X button twice. Yeah. So, like, it gives you tons of time before you figure that out. And then also, it's got, like, a nice thing in the background so that when you go to the screen, it's not just, like, press X to continue. It shows you the map and everything. So I feel like this game yeah. could do that, where it, like, shows you, like... 
Because Sonic kind of, even this one especially, plays like a racing game. Yeah. Like, there are segments in this game where you're just running forward <laughs> and turning. <laughs> so I feel like it would uh. even feel in place to show you the venue that you'll be running through before you start the, the game. But yeah, it, it, it also has the situation where you'll talk to an NPC to do a side quest, and then there'll be a loading screen, and then you'll be talking to the NPC again, and then there will be a loading screen, and then you'll do the quest, and then there will be a loading screen, and then you'll talk to the NPC again, and then there will be a loading screen. And then if you if you die, if you die, you have to go to the loading screens. Oh, you failed. Then there's a loading screen back to the main thing. Yeah. And you also get like a loading screen before you get your results screen. That only happens in the side missions, or at least the required ones. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's the situation where I think that a lot of this game's problems, which another another huge thing that everyone is probably aware of, is that the collision detection in this game is a little wonky. So there's like a lot of bugginess when it comes to clipping through things, and when you're like in a segment where you're supposed to only be able to run forward, sometimes you can bump into stuff and start going sideways and some really weird physics stuff will happen. And I think yeah. that a lot of this game's problem is that it was very early on in the new console cycle. Cycle. Yeah. It was very early on in the new console cycle. And developers, especially third-party developers, didn't know how to use this, like, tech. And I think that right. the PlayStation version runs even worse than the Xbox One, where there's drop frames and stuff, but right. both versions... Yeah. This game, from what I remember, was originally meant for the Xbox only. Yeah. But then I guess they got yeah. approached by Sony, and they're like, oh, I guess we have to make a different version of this. And all of us here played the PS3 version, so... Yeah, I, we all I played definitely, the... I definitely believe that the PS3 version performs worse. And the Xbox version has, like, an exclusive, like, DLC missions or something. Ooh. But yeah. we can talk about that, that like, sounds next like time or fun. something. <laughs> fun in lots of air quotes almost all of the problems definitely boil down to like they didn't have enough time to develop this but the majority of the problems come down to technical problems of some sort like it's buggy it loads poorly it performs poorly etc right um and i feel like they could have it just it, with the benefit of hindsight i would not have made the game so heavily physics based Especially certain, like, there's a character, Silver, that is new to this game that we'll be talking about a lot and a little bit later in this episode, but his levels are based on moving objects around, almost in, like, this half-life puzzle-solving way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, like, his gameplay was definitely designed to be like, check out our cool physics, we've got the, what is it, the CryEngine? That, that's what this game makes me do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, like, stuff breaks into a bunch of pieces that all have their own physics, and it slows down the game a lot, and it doesn't actually add anything aside from, like, looking cool, I guess. And dropping the frame rate. Yeah, and actually, the rings, when you get hit, are physics-based, and so they can get flung away, which might be cool if, like, they didn't teleport, like, if they didn't spawn with zero physics and only get pushed away if something slams into them. Yeah, it almost feels like it was meant to display like what amazing power can do, but it kind of just feels like the game is like lumpy. Yeah. This game feels pretty lumpy all around also. Yeah. I also weirdly feel like it it feels to me like the slowest Sonic game outside of Sonic Labyrinth or Sonic 2 for the Game Gear. Well, the game's yeah. pretty plotting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, the, the section right before the first boss is pretty fast. If we're going to start talking about Sonic's gameplay, 
and like how it just works in this game. I would like to say that I think the there are segments where you just run straight. Yeah. And I actually like these conceptually. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. No, I agree with Steven completely. Right. I think you like... even only need to make minor changes to really fix that situation. So, I think the worst one of the endless running sections is Crisis City, because there's two instances where it'll switch to, like, like facing Sonic running towards you. Yeah, to yeah avoid, those are like, unacceptable. debris. Because I had a friend watch me play this and just, like, see me try to avoid something, and then I get hit, and I'm like, oh my god, there's gotta be a stretch of rings, because I, I need to take another hit, or whatever. And then it'll change, and then I can't course correct in time, and I just fall off the stage. And, and that's another thing with the Crisis City stage, is that it's very narrow, because you're running down, like, a highway. Yeah. So when the camera changes, the camera, like, rotates, so it's like a slow transition, but the control scheme flips. To, to fit the, the new direction, but it's not yeah, really clear yeah. when that happens, so it just feels like the game's not in your control anymore for a couple yeah. of seconds. And one instance of that happening involved me accidentally walking off the stage and dying by turning <laughs> too far in the opposite <laughs> direction that I was trying to move. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of when you're playing as Rouge on those planets in her space level, and oh, you're yeah. trying to fly in one direction, <laughs> and it doesn't turn you, like... The opposite way it shoots you sideways and then you can't get out of this weird like locked in physics thing it, it's just a mess also i need to just sort of vent about this there was a bit where i was running away from an avalanche i think it was actually in silver's gameplay but i just i need to talk about it i was running away from an avalanche and then there's a bit where there's a slope so you're supposed to jump off of it for extra speed like in the the gun mobile thing in sonic adventure 2 and uh, I didn't jump off of it, I fell off of it, and when I hit the ground, instead of running away from the avalanche, I was running towards the avalanche, and this was a scripted sequence, so I couldn't change directions. <laughs> I literally could not move left, or right, or down, I could only move up towards the avalanche. I got hit twice, and died, <laughs> and there was nothing that I could do about it. Yeah. There's some rough stuff. There's also, like, snowboarding segments where if you just don't touch anything, they'll kind of just go down the hill. But if you try to play the game... It just slows down. You'll yeah. get stuck on the ground. It's really weird. Not even on, like, items in the in the surroundings. You'll get stuck on level geometry. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's, it, it, it literally does feel like you're snowboarding on top of a building because that it just shouldn't work. Yeah. It's 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 weird that the Sonic game where you're running down concrete functions perfectly, and the one where you're in snow, yeah, <laughs> the one where it feels like you're trying to drive down a city road. It's very silly. So I guess we should talk about the um, well. I forget how you refer to the gameplay where Sonic is running really quickly. Um, I just call it endless running. Yeah, yeah. some people call it like what is it, like marathon. Is that what? It is? Auto run. Auto something run. Like that. Yeah, it's stuff like know. that. So you're running at a constant speed and you can turn left and right it's not like hallway you can actually change which direction you're running which i personally like a lot uh there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with level design that way which it it tries to do but there's a a huge issue where when you jump you have no control of the direction you're going until you hit the ground and you will not hit the ground until long after everything you can see when you jump has left. So you will jump into obstacles you had no way of knowing would exist. Yeah. 
I, I like it because it reminds me kind of like a lot of racing games that I enjoy where it's this really fast-paced sort of narrow environment stuff. And I mean, yeah. that's like a lot of racing games. But you don't have a ton of, like, handling here. But it would be cool if the levels were sort of designed in such a way that you took these sort of longer turns and you had to be careful to make sure that you were always turning but still avoiding obstacles. Yeah. And I wish when you jumped, like, maybe you slowed down a little bit and, like, t the camera panned towards the ground, which they do in some Sonic games. Like, most of them, I think. Like, when you're running yeah. really fast, if you jump, it'll pan the camera down a little bit. But here, the camera just stays where it's at and, like, you get shot forward at such a speed. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Even if you could see what was coming, you have very little idea of where you're going to land. Yeah. It feels like the direction, like, I really hate being allowed to only use the control sticks. I'm not a big fan of the PS3's control sticks. I'm going to be straight honest with you. And I just, just like moving a little to the right and I kind of go too far right and I hate that. Every object kind of hurts you like any like piece of box debris. Yeah. Sometimes even like the item boxes themselves kind of hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least they'll like push you towards level geometry. Yeah. Yeah. The first one was on the beach and you can just like run into the water really easily. Yeah. There's yeah. no, like, invisible walls or anything, which I feel like would benefit this a little bit. Well, and, and that's especially weird because earlier in the level, you're sliding along the water. Yeah, like, Sonic runs really fast and you can go along the water. So either they should have made it so that you were not pointed towards the beach when you start, or if you run onto the beach, you get, like, a few seconds before you have to, like, course correct. I feel like that would be really cool. Or even, here's a cool idea. What if they had, like, like the, I don't know what you call it, like, the ramps, I guess, like, the speed ramps yeah. along the water? So, like, it would shoot you back towards the level? Yeah. It would also tell you that you could... It's okay to go into the water. Yeah. Like, that would be neat. But instead, we get, like, you walk into the water and then it just infamouses you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a bit in the game where you have to basically jump across this very shallow pool of water. <laughs> it's, like, literally, you can stand in the water and be fine. But if you touch it, you die, and you just your character drowns. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Emerald Coast, where it's like you actually kind of have a definitive place where you can go in. Like, yeah. There's an invisible wall that prevents you from, like, attempting to drown yourself or something. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of want to use that as transition to talk about Sonic's standard gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what you guys think about how he controls in this game. So, I want to, like, preface this with, like like, my personal, like, relationship with this game. So, you know, 2006 was a, you know, I only had a GameCube. And I was pretty upset to find out that this was a game that was not on a console that I owned. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just never got to play, but I always wanted to. And it wasn't until later where I figured out that it was apparently a bad game. <laughs> and, you know, when my brother approached me, like, oh, hey, you want to pool our money together and buy a PS3 like we bought a Wii? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And I might have actually had a Wii by the time I saw this game. But anyway, we got that. And I'm like, well, I have this now. The first thing I'm going to get is Sonic 06 so I can figure out what a train wreck this is. And I, I this was before, I, I think this was before I played Sonic Generations, where I realized where Sonic truly was. But I think I had at least watched my friend play Sonic Unleashed and say, eh, I don't really like this. Yeah. And so I'm like, I played this a little bit like, oh, this is just what I wanted out of a Sonic game. It's just like Sonic Adventure 2, but a little bit advanced, but... Yeah, so Sonic has he doesn't have a somersault anymore. He has this like swiping kick. Yeah, he like he he bends it like fucking Eddie Gordo from Tekken. Yeah, bends it like Beckham. <laughs> yeah. 
He gets down and just kind of like maneuvers. Yeah, it's like a smash move or something now. Is it his taunt does... also? I think it's his down smash. Oh no, his down smash is like he does the splits. Yeah, he just does the splits. Ah, okay. Okay, but yeah, it is. It is like one of his taunts then. But oh, maybe it's like his his down tilt. Anyway, I need to stop talking <laughs> about Smash Brothers. But you, you know, you can also hold square to do a spin dash. But like, unlike Sonic Adventure Two, I don't think I've ever like used the spin dash at least intentionally. Well, the thing is that like in that game, it's useful because it makes you go really fast and. The game is designed for you to go fast, but here the level asks you to like jump and turn too much. So the only time that you really want to go fast is when your speed is locked. Yeah. Well, and also like the times where you go fast are the times where you just go on like boost pads all the time. Right. That's yeah. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. So it's just there, just because oh, it's Sonic. We gotta have that, which is probably why they kind of got rid of it after this. Right. Along with a lot of this gameplay, and, and of course he has his homing attack, which. It makes like a golf sound, like a like a hitting a golf ball sound whenever you do it. I mean, a ton of the sound design in this game is just a little weird. There's like some like weird bloopy Old sound effects for like stuff. menu navigation, and there's yeah. yeah, there's like the enemy's breaking goes like. And there's just a lot of like things you've heard in other games, like the going through the ring is from like Sonic Heroes. Right. It's just like reused sound effects for Sonic stuff. Yeah, like, hitting the question marks from Sonic Heroes. A lot of stuff from Sonic Heroes, I guess, but... But then, like, mixed with these realistic sound effects from, like, the robots, and, like, there's, like, weird whooshes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the demonic Iblis creature noises. Yeah, this, this is a very soundy game, I guess. Like, without being atmospheric. Like, the sounds mm -hmm. feel, like, video gamey in a way that the environment does not. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the, the homing attack is kind of weird because, like... And unfortunately, it does this. It does like the Sonic Heroes and Shadow the Hedgehog thing, where enemies have life meters, where it yeah. probably doesn't need to have them. Yeah, I mean, we learned in Sonic Heroes. Well, yeah, you'll have enemies that'll just take one hit, and some that take multiple hits. Especially like there'll sometimes be like commander robots, where if you destroy them, you'll get a score mashup because you'll destroy a lot of enemies in the process surrounding it. Yeah, but you also just have big robots that might have armor. Yeah. And the homing attack still feels kind of awkward, so it's kind of uncomfortable to uh, just hit them again. Yeah, it, it definitely... Shadow's gameplay fixes a lot, but <laughs> for Sonic, it's just... It's weird, because it definitely still has the, like, Shadow the Hedgehog game problem, where when you home attack... And, and Heroes also had this, but for some reason it felt worse in Shadow, where if you homing attack, you're not sure that your next homing attack is going to hit the same guy or not. I don't yeah. think that it's worse in Shadow. I think that in Shadow, you're less afraid of shooting off the level and more just afraid of the enemy. That's fair, yeah. Because in Heroes, there's so much other shit going on that, like, the least <laughs> of your problems is bumping into the enemy again. Yeah, and Shadow yeah. is so much more combat-focused that you run into it more. Right, but I think that the thing with this game is that it feels like you're doing a box jump from, like, a fighting game almost, where when you jump in the air, when you're not in one of the speedrunning segments, it feels like you lose quite a bit of speed. Or, I don't know, yeah. maybe it was just the way I was playing. But, like, it feels like you do a thing where you'll jump into the air and then use your homing attack, and it'll shoot you into the enemy, and then you'll lose all momentum when you hit yeah. the enemy. Like, all of your momentum. You can't keep going. So when you go to hit the button again, it feels weird, because it feels almost like you haven't jumped, but you've been, like, put into the air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feels, like, unfinished, you know? Well, and even, like, if you homing attack without hitting anything, it's not like the Sonic Adventure games where you maintain that momentum. Once the homing attack is done, you lose momentum 
again, like anyway, and then fall yeah. to the ground with your speed completely reset. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with the Sonic gameplay is just that homing attacks feel weird. Yeah. They feel even weirder when you're holding Elise. Oh, boy. Yeah, I want to get to that, but I just want to cover a few more bases before we uh, get to Oh yeah. those segments. This game gives upgrades again, but they're kind of weird. Like, you have to buy them from a shop. Yeah. With rings that you earn. And, like, you get so many rings that it doesn't even matter. Like, you can get, like, special chips that, like, affect abilities, which I never bothered exploring because they're weird and glitchy. Like, you can get, like, a tiny Sonic that just lets you jump forever. Yeah, there's also one that you can use to, like, point in a direction and then teleport there. Mm. It's There's a bunch of weird ones that, like, people who speedrun this game, they're like, this stuff should never have been put in. Because <laughs> you can just, like, pop out of, like, the level and stuff like that and then pour back in. There, there's all kinds of weird stuff you can do with them. And I feel like the, the idea is interesting because you can only have one equipped at once for, for some of them. And it makes it, like, what kind of run do you want to do? And I like that idea of choice for the upgrades because in Sonic Adventure and 2, it, it feels like the power-ups are something that you'll only use sort of like once a level, other yeah, than maybe yeah. the, the like light speed dash and stuff like that. But it's things that you use and then you're done with that thing, whereas these you could use regularly and they would just be able to speed you up a little bit. But they're not implemented super well and the levels aren't designed in a way that makes it encouraging to try and beat them quickly. And also that dude is not like fun to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, as with the loading screens, as we mentioned. I never encountered any of those optional upgrades. Yeah, but, like, you know, I just want to mention, like, the mandatory ones, because you get the light speed dash and the bounce attack back, and I love using the bounce attack to attack bigger enemies, because you can just just bash into them and get get them out of the way quicker, because it's just annoying, but... Yeah, it's better than the homing attack. It still loses all momentum, like, horizontally, but... Something that this game just, like, forgets is that it doesn't, like, tell you when you can press a button to do a light dash or something interesting. Yeah. Like, every other game. Even Heroes just had a little B button in the icon that says you could do it. Yeah. But you can't, and so I actually haven't had this happen too much where I accidentally bounce attack instead of light dash, but it, it could happen. And I don't know if you guys... I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys did this when in the very first level when the whale attacks... And then, like, the debris, and then you're just on a piece of wood. Did yeah. you, like, instinctually press A, or did you just fall to your death? I fell to my death. Uh, yeah, I fell. I think I fell yeah. twice before I got it. Yeah, the, the game is full t- that a lot, and sometimes you're unprepared for it, but it never gives you any indication, like, some good design in Sonic Adventure is that, like, you go through this loop, and then you immediately hit to call, and it tells you how to use the number panels, and they're right. numbered. Like, you, you know that's something special. It's not just some yeah. random obstacle that you're gonna hit a to but in sonic 06 i learned immediately that if you're standing on a thing and the camera's weird hit the jump button yeah (laughs) unless that weird camera is you going into a run mode in which case avoid the jump button like the play never jump literally (laughs) i'd rather take damage than jump in the run mode because i will jump off a cliff as an alternative to taking damage Right. I also think that, you know, the Tikal telling you that, hey, use the number pads, like, that is a sort of solution to a problem, which is that your game is designed poorly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that there's maybe an even better way than that. But, like, the fact that this game tries to do those things is weird because we've had so much time to realize that that stuff is not great. Like, there's very little of that in Sonic Adventure 2. Well, and, and the stages also have sections where you're just 
going from like bounce pad to bounce pad like in right. the same way as if you had manually jumped yourself you like get the same distance traveled and everything yeah and the same cool shots like it's like we go into sonic adventure 2 learning that the jump pads aren't any better than using springs to send you through a tree or something to get you to another part of the level like that stuff still looks cool and we also learned from Sonic Adventure 2 that using the homing attack on enemies worked. Yeah. So, like, just putting a bunch of enemies to get you to a place feels kind of more like an obstacle than, like, just a cutscene. But here, like, it feels like an obstacle and a cutscene, and it's harder to do because they don't tell you what you're supposed to do. So, I, I just, I feel like it's a weird step back in the level design in many ways. Also, yeah. Sonic spends a lot of time just in the air, or, like, transitioning between gameplay segments. Right, like, like he'll jump over, like, this weird, like, archway, and then it'll smash cut to a different yeah, part well, of the level. Yeah, well, it'll be, like, he'll jump from, like, platform to platform, and it'll be, like, several seconds of him just hurling himself forward in the air before you get to the next platform, yeah. and then you jump again. And then there will be a bit where it's like, alright, it's time for gameplay, so we have to wait for Sonic to fall and hit the ground, and then you can go. You know, like he has to, he has yeah. to like get his bearings after he lands. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the beach area, don't you like do one of those jump segments, and then you're right into the. Yeah, there's segment? a bit where he does a jump segment, and then he hits the ground and like stands there for about half a second, and then immediately goes back to max speed. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's very jarring because you're like already stressed from having to hit the A button on the like panels that aren't there aren't panels yeah. this time it still feels the same but like there aren't panels so you don't know when you're supposed to kind of stop really <laughs> and then he just starts running straight forward and you're like whoa man <laughs> we gotta we gotta talk about this. <laughs> gotta talk yeah. about this so as we alluded to two levels in sonic's campaign involve him carrying elise and through some <laughs> sort of like bonding magic you create this invisible field that lets you walk on quicksand or water whatever yeah which sonic could already i mean do. he literally kind does of. it in the first level yeah <laughs> and like the gameplay really isn't that different he can't like spin dash he can't bounce attack but he can homing attack he can attack with his feet it's just homing attacking is really weird because he just like is in the air and then he just lifts his feet outwards and then moves towards the enemy and then yeah. just raises in the air once he hits the enemy. I mean, to be fair, jumping as a ball and then suddenly being going towards the enemy makes about as much sense. It just looks better. I guess that's fair. Like, Sonic is able to shoot himself through the sky through the power of, like, magic force. Yeah. That doesn't change whether he's carrying Elise or not. <laughs> it just looks a lot better when he's a ball and doing it. Yeah, that's true. Because we're used to the idea of, like, an energy ball shooting somewhere or, like, a you know, like, hitting a baseball and stuff like that. Like, we imagine balls shooting to places. Yeah. Yeah. We do not imagine humanoid hedgehogs carrying ladies shooting into enemies with, like, a fucking Liu Kang bicycle kick. <laughs> <laughs> and using that, like, magical field causes to use some of this meter, which a, a lot of characters use. Sonic uses it less so. His chips kind of use it, but... Actually, I think it's glitched out. It doesn't actually use them, but... Yeah, some things tell you that it uses the meter, and they don't. But yeah, you use that to charge, so you can only use it for so long. You have to, it, it waits a while before it like automatically recharges. Yeah, you've got to kind of manage it. Because but... you need it to get over those quicksand bits. Like It's, an, it's yeah. a necessity. It's not a choice. Yeah, 
but those levels are short, and there's only two of them compared to, like, the four running segments that end some right. levels. I really don't want to go much on this, except I will mention, I had, I think this is my very first playthrough of the game, where I fell somewhere in Tropical Jungle, and I didn't, I didn't have my aura on, but I just kept bouncing on the water, and, like, I was, like, below the stage, so I couldn't, like, do anything until I used a homing attack and then just died regularly, but I was just bouncing on the water for, like, a solid three minutes or something. Yeah, you got, like, caught on some secret geometry that wasn't supposed to be there. The, yeah, that, that's, like, my only, like, major glitch experience that I can remember, but... I think that the holding a button to sort of hover over the obstacle type thing reminds me of flying from Sonic Heroes, where you had the meter, and it felt really, really bad to watch that meter. Yeah. Like, even if they had just taken out the meter and you could only fly so far, I feel like that would have felt a little bit better. And here, it's kind of the same deal, where, like, you have this meter that you're supposed to manage, but you also need to use it in some segments. And it also acts as a shield for, like, enemy fire, right? Uh, for, for enemy yeah, bullets, I think yeah. So. Yeah, and that's cool, because one of the things I hated from Sonic Adventure 2, and to a lesser degree Sonic Adventure, but it's in both, is that enemies can shoot guns at you, and having an enemy fire a bullet at Sonic feels really weird. Especially oh, yeah, in like, normal enemies or missiles will just, like, make you lose rings. But bullets will chip away at your ring, so if you have, like, one ring and you get shot at two bullets, you're dead. Like that. Yeah, it, it's it's a really confusing system. I mean, it, like, we had bullets in Sonic before, right? You had, like, right. the crab meats and the buzz bombers. Uh-huh. But on a, in a 3D space, it feels like you're so much more likely to get hit because when you're in these combat segments, you want to slow down for a second yeah. as opposed to older Sonic games where you would just sort of run through it. Yeah. yeah. So having a shield that blocks the bullets felt cool to me, but I didn't want to use it because I was worried that every time I used it, it wouldn't be full for the next segment where I needed it. Yeah. So it's like they gave you this cool thing and then take it away. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what like this whole game does. It gives you a cool idea and then it kind of takes it away. Yeah. Okay. So, do we want to talk about Tails and Knuckles gameplay or just go on to Silver? So, okay, I think we should talk about them briefly, because it's not like in Sonic Adventure or Sonic Adventure 2 where they have separate stages. It's like built into Sonic stages where you play as Tails and Knuckles for a small segment of the Sonic stage. Yeah. Which I think is worse. I mean, I think that obviously, like, level design that is not super devoted to a character is going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Except that's what the DLC for the Xbox version is. It's just, like, taking three characters that you play in side missions and kind of giving them their own full levels, question mark. Each character, like, main character, has, like, one mission dedicated to, like, one of their side characters. Yeah. But, unfortunately, the one for Sonic is Tails. And Tails is fine. He can... Tails can fly. That's cool. That's what we want to do is Tails. And he's not, like, too slow, but he's not too fast either. Yeah, he, he feels like a normal game character might. I find that when Tails walks, it's too slow. And then when he's flying, it's really fast. Yeah. But I can't slow him down. So once he's in the air, I'm like, all right, I'm going to fly in circles until I descend naturally and hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. hopefully I'm at the right rotation of the circle to not fall off the cliff and die. Yeah, and he has, like, a speed rings from, like... Sonic Heroes and Sonic Adventure that kind of help him like fly farther, but those can be hard to hit sometimes. But the real crappy part about Tails is that he... Everyone's favorite part about Sonic Heroes is the dummy ring bomb, which (laughs) 
at least in that game, there were only three. They were darker than regular rings. In this game, you pull, you throw whole item boxes that explode into rings, you know, adding to more objects on the screen, and they look like your rings. So if you get hit, you're gonna have a hard time figuring out which rings are yours. Right, because they yeah. all have physics. Unlike in the yeah. previous game, where only the dummy rings had physics. And you have to, like, kind of tap the square button to launch the rings, but if you hold it down, you go into this weird first-person view, and it kind of disorients, but it's kind of what you have to do because you have to aim at these stupid robots, and it's... Yeah, it's a whole damn mess. It's really not fun to do. It's much easier to, to be flying and then hit the button, and then you just drop it straight down. Yeah, you could just spam ring boxes, but even then, it's hard to see where the heck you're aiming. It's Both methods are honestly terrible in their own way. <laughs> but that's really all I wanted to say about Tails. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, imagine that combat is bad in a Sonic game. Who would have guessed? And then Knuckles is pretty much... He's better, kind of. Tails and Knuckles are basically their gameplay from Sonic Adventure 1, but less polished. Yeah, their stats are, like, reduced almost. Yeah. And, well, it's also kind of Heroes-esque, at least his main B attacks, where he, he kind of drills into the ground when he jumps. So it's kind of like Sonic Adventure 2. But, like, he does this kind of, like, horizontal drive and, like, home-in thing that kind of reminds me of, like, the slam from Sonic Heroes. And he can glide and climb, which is fine, but it's a little glitchy. I think Rouge has a more glitchy time. But you really don't play as Knuckles enough to know how bad he is, really. Yeah. Because I think you only have two whole segments aside from side missions. I mean, he's fine if you try and go along the critical path, but if you try to take Knuckles off the beaten path at all, you'll find out that the geometry in the level looks nothing like the models in the level. So you can just climb on invisible stuff and, like, climb along the ceiling and weird stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and the climbable environment a, is weird. That's a real problem because Knuckles' gameplay, like, really makes him suitable for exploration, which is the whole point of his gameplay in Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Mostly yeah. 2. But you don't really get to do that, except for, like, kind of one segment, but... I mean, even there... there's a dark cave area where you have to, like, light up all these uh, objects. Right. Yeah, that that was annoying, because I'm pretty sure you had to light all of them up at once. And you so, had to do like, it within a certain time frame. Right. I had to, like, route it, which was... Yeah, it, 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 like, looks explorative, but it's very linear. Rouge has a much better segment, but we are going to be saving Shadows uh, part of the game to uh, next episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want to go to Silver, because Silver's a new, the new kid in town, and he <laughs> needs some love. He's everyone's favorite new hedgehog. Yeah. How do, you, how do you guys, hold on, before we get started with the gameplay, how do you guys feel about Silver as a, as a character, just looking at him? Just looking at him, I don't like him. He's not my favorite design, but like, as like an actual character, he's pretty all right. I like that he has telepathy and his hands glow blue, and when he touches stuff, they glow blue. Actually, you know what my favorite part about Silver is? His dumb head. His boots. His boots. I love his boots. Yeah, he has. Dude, his boots are great. He has he has boots and not just like sneakers like everyone else. Yeah. yeah, and, like, he's got cool rings that match his, like, boot rings. It's really nice. Yeah. I, I also like... Have you guys seen beta pictures of Silver? Uh, no. Yeah, like where he's a mink. Well, I mean, not that far, but there, there's a point where his hair was not as much of a pot leaf as it is right now, and it was instead slicked back, and it looked like he had two layers of spikes that were more pulled up. Like I mean, almost... they're kind of two layers now, but... Well, right now they have, like, a flat... It looks like he's face palming is what happens right oh, now. But before... Yeah. <laughs> if 
feels like he's face-palming in the story, too. <laughs> but, like, in some of the earlier images, his hair is kind of swept back, and I actually like that look, where it looks like he has, like, a thin layer of spikes and then a larger layer, but it fans out, yeah. kind of. Oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But yeah. even yeah. now, I kind of don't hate his look. I think that it's a good way to differentiate him from Sonic and Shadow and still make it clear that he's a hedgehog. Yeah, I definitely think I'm looking at some of the designs and they're like too similar to just Sonic and Shadow. Like the yeah. one where it's back all the way is actually just that's actually just Sonic's hair. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they they went through a lot of different phases with him. Yeah, which which is valuable because he's he's their newest hedgehog character. Right. When well, he know. has all the spikes behind him, it looks he kind of looks like Shade from Sonic Chronicles. Yeah. There's a bunch of different looks for him, and I kind of like looking at that for Sonic characters because we did that for Jet too, and Jet has tons of different designs. Oh, yeah. But I like kind of what they decided to go with him, which was to have this kind of pulled forward quills. Yeah. I wish his face didn't look like a pot leaf, but what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And... That, yeah, that's, I, I like Silver a lot. I like that he has telepathy and that he has a weird design. Yeah, so I think we discussed this like earlier where Silver's gameplay is kind of revolving around the physics engine that they developed for this. Yeah. Where you can hold R1 to grab objects and throw them. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. And, and when you say grab, like, he levitates them above him, like, far away from him. He's not, like, holding yeah. his hand out. Like, he, they're just, like, floating around him. It looks really powerful. Yeah. I think they, like, made it a specific distance so that when he was moving at max speed, he couldn't accidentally collide with the objects. Because there have been instances where I've been able to stand on top of an object I'm levitating, and it just keeps going up. Yeah. It... And that's amazing. Like, that's the kind of bug that I love. I thought that was intentional. Well, no, it's not supposed to go... It's only supposed to go up for so long. Yeah, you're, but you're, you're supposed not... to be able to float on them, I think. Yeah. There are some objects that, like, float in the scripted way, where, like, you stand on that, like, blue circle with an emblem in it, and then you use your powers and then things float up. But, like, if you're just casually holding it, you're not supposed to be able to get close enough to it to stand on top of it. Yeah, stuff like the boxes you're not supposed to be able to do that with. Yeah. But I, I do, like, yes, I agree that I think it's supposed to be a certain distance from him to avoid problems. But, like, yeah. if that were the only thing, then this game would be a lot better because they would probably apply that design choice to other things. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it's also supposed to just, like, he's supposed to look like he's really good at what he's doing. Yeah. It kind of has that Shadow vibe when you start up Shadow the Hedgehog where he's just, like, kicking ass. And that yeah. feels good when Shadow is kicking ass. And this feels good when Silver is just, like, lifting things in the air and you get to do that yourself. Yeah. Like, combat with Silver definitely feels a lot more fun, and the multi-hits feels more justified, because yeah. you can take care of all of those hits just by mashing square, <laughs> and it feels cool to throw a bunch of boxes at somebody and then they explode. Yeah. And you can get, like, upgrades that increases the range of which he can grab things, Yeah, yeah. and he can even, like, I think... There's one upgrade where you can, if you just hold square, you just throw everything at once. Yeah. Yeah, you, you like shotgun the environment. Yeah. But like the two required upgrades, like one of them where you just do like a, you just land on the ground and stun all around you. I love using that against big groups of enemies because a lot of times enemies are hard to pick up unless they're like bigger enemies where they get a stun animation. And just like hitting square on the ground is a little difficult to do. Yeah. So it's nice to just get on the ground, grab things, and immediately after that, and just 
throw him. I like that move a lot, but it doesn't feel responsive enough. Like, when you're holding square, it doesn't have, like, enough sound effects or visuals to show you that that's what you're doing. And then, when you do the shockwave, it's never clear really what the range is for it. Yeah, I mean, hitboxes are a problem board-wide on this game. Like, you'll yeah. feel like you're getting hit by things that you didn't even touch, and then you'll also feel like you're throwing things and they completely miss, and it's weird. So I like the move a lot, and I've ended up using it a lot, but it doesn't feel, like, satisfying to use, if that makes sense. I think that, of the three characters, Silver's combat is undoubtedly the best. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes there are issues where I throw a box in a direction that I didn't mean to, but that's way better than homing attacking in a direction I didn't mean to. Right, for sure. Which is why I would love to see Silver again in a better programmed game where the yeah. levels are sort of more designed for him. Where it's like you have maybe like... I was thinking of things to do with Silver and like maybe you could have him throw a box at a spring and then that would shoot it somewhere and like that's how you solve a puzzle maybe. Yeah. Or like you could have him use his telepathy to somehow like get more mobility and mm. be able to like levitate on enemies and stuff like that or other interesting things where you could kind of apply his telepathy to more movement than just these scripted events but i don't think we'll ever see silver as a playable character again and that really sucks yeah because he, well, he's i think in my personal opinion he's the coolest part gameplay wise of this entire game yeah my official take on silver is that his gameplay is fun like, is, is actually, like, really fun, but the levels that he is in are terrible. Yeah, they're awful. I feel like this kind of suffers from a similar problem in Sonic Adventure, where they have all the same levels, but they're not necessarily made for different characters, so it yeah. doesn't feel... Well, and the, the sand level, something. which is made for silver, is the worst. <laughs> yeah, we have to play, like, yeah. billiards with physics... You have to play billiards, but also you can only hit the balls a certain amount of time before they explode. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird, and it's not a great showcase of what makes this combat fun, because it isn't combat. Yeah. I do like in, uh, I don't, you guys probably haven't gone to this level yet, but one of his later levels, Kingdom Valley, there are pendulums that you can use your, uh, telepathy with and then launch at towers to knock them down. I think I remember seeing that somewhere. I played a stage with turtles in it. Is that the one? No, but you that that is a cool thing where you can like grab the fruit and then throw it and a turtle will come for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that level like frustrated me for a long time just because its layout was so confusing. Uh, yeah. I could not tell which direction was forward and like I backtracked a lot and I think I broke sequence. Like there was just no there was no yeah. route to that level. And it was designed to imply that there was. That specific segment is like the micro level for Rouge. And that, that level works really well with her gliding. Oh, yeah. But like for that. Silver, like that's the thing. This is like the one level that like Silver like gets the most out of. Because Rouge only has this the micro level. Shadow doesn't go to it. And Sonic has the stupid carrying Elise thing. Yeah. So it's kind of sad that Silver gets this whole level to himself. But he just but it's there's shit. no direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he gets cool stuff where like you're standing on a log and you use your teleport thing to make it swing back and then you release and it slings forward and knocks something down. Right. But even then, that's still just the problem with like you use your ability once and then that's it for the level. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like you did anything really. It just feels like you pressed a button and something happened. There was also I was telling Charlie this earlier. 
the the first time you run into that like emblem where you push the button and make a thing happen it doesn't tell you that that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> so I thought I was just supposed to run and jump and hover because because silver can use his power to, to hover to, yeah it's so to make cool. short gaps uh, which is super cool but that's not what you're supposed to do because the camera really doesn't want you to do that uh, right. you're supposed to use your contextual power and then the second instance of a contextual power is when there's a question mark that tells you what to do. And yeah. by that point, you have to have already figured it out, because you had to have done it the first time. Can I also say that the question marks are not a good way to get me to want to learn something? Oh yeah, no. It's terrible. Like, the floating to call light is, I think, maybe the best instance of this in a Sonic game, because it's kind of enticing. Yeah. Like, it's not super cool that when you touch it, it's like, hey, press the action button to do a thing. But, like, it's enticing in the way that it's a floating red dot and, like, in Sonic, red kind of means something. Yeah. Well, and also, like, in within the narrative, the red dot was important. Right. But you here, know? the question mark is not a person. It is not something you're interested in interacting with. It is not even something that is enticing to look at. Like, I really yeah. don't want to touch that. I kind of want to get away from it because it reads to me as the game thinking I'm stupid. Yeah. And also, like, it has, like, a narrator that's not any of the characters. Yeah, like... Like, I think... I think even in Sonic Heroes, like, if you hit it, one of the characters who was in the stage would tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah, one of your friends. So, would. the question marks have the same voice as the Duke of Soliana, who is, like, the father ah. of Princess Elise. Yeah. But, like... It doesn't do, like, a cool narrative thing. Yeah. Like, it does with call at the end of that. Yeah, it's just, like... Because he's not dead. He can't spiritually well, tell he, you how No, he is dead. He is dead. Oh, is he? At this Yeah, point. but he's not yeah. a ghost. Wait, he's not dead at the beginning, is he? Yeah, he's dead. He, he dies in the past. Oh. Yeah, Silver and Shadow go to the past, and they see him die. That's right. I got all kinds of mixed up. I did this... <laughs> I don't think I can be blamed for being confused. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a question mark. There's no, it's not like a cool little int orb. It's just yeah. a question mark. And even Omochao had little components that made him interesting to interact with. Yeah. Right. It's just like, oh, this is just the same voice actor. We needed to give him more lines, so right. here you go. But... Use the X button to perform a homing attack. <laughs> I also thought that was the same voice actor as Eggman, but it's not. Yeah, they just kind of sound dry together. Silver can also get, like, a cool, like, insta-teleport where if you hit X twice real fast, you kind of do a dash, but it's not the most efficient moving forward. Yeah. It's it's good for dodging things. Yeah. If you hit A multiple times while in the air, I think it uses less energy than if you just held it. Yeah. I, I was watching a Let's Play where they were doing that, so I kind of figured that was the case. But yeah. I, I do want to note, because I mentioned the en energy... A big rookie mistake with Silver is that you'll, like, take a lot of items and throw them, and you'll try to float, but then you forget that you used up most of your meter and you can't make it across a gap and you die or something. Yeah. But something I didn't mention is that to get energy, you can't attack enemies, and they'll kind of refill it for you. Yeah. And that that's more important for Shadow's gameplay, which, again, we'll talk about next episode. But it but is even for Silver, a bit of it's annoying. pretty useful. Yeah, it is, an, it is useful, but, like, if you're just throwing shit, like, not even at, like, at an enemy, it's just, right. like... you'll run out quick. And, like, that's the fun part of Silver, so you would think that it would be free to throw things. And I think that having the hover cost something makes sense. But yeah, I, I, I feel like just being able to throw things for free would make a lot of sense. Because he can't really fight otherwise, right? I mean, does he have, like, a punch yeah. move? He just has his square move, which is... It just stuns. He has to, like, 
yeah. throw things. <laughs> he can stun you, and then he can pick you up and throw you, but that still is the picking up and throwing. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of being able to throw enemies at enemies. Like, that's fun. Yeah. So, what's interesting is that for both Sonic and Silver, to enter Kingdom Valley, they have to go through three trials, and one of Silver's trials is to attack enemies without using objects. Now, when it says objects, it means external objects. Like, you could still use a character's missiles right. to attack and the robots themselves, so I thought that was kind of a, a cool little thing, even though it seems, like, not that useful. Yeah. Because, like, with Silver's with Silver's, like, fights with Shadow and Sonic, it, it all just amounts to you, like, picking up random objects in the field and throwing them at them. Right. Yeah. But... I, I do like the idea, though, that he can do the thing in movies where the telepath, like, stops all the bullets in midair and then throws them back. Like, that's fun. Dude, yeah. it is... I mean, he can't stop bullets, but... Well, it is yeah. really cool that just regular enemies that throw missiles, you can just pick up those missiles and toss them back. Yeah, Silver's cool as hell. Sometimes it's kind of hard to do. It's a little inconsistent sometimes, though. Yeah. Guys, imagine the Sonic Unleashed, where it's not Sonic and Weird Sonic, but Sonic and Silver. That would be great. Silver Any unleashed. Anything but what we got would have been great. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> so what's weird is that Silver, like, says, I can't grab the lasers, but, like, the, the lasers that the small robots shoot can, like, hurt you. Like, you can grab, but, like, the big lasers from the bigger robots, and that's just, that's just weird. But Yeah, it, it's any kind of... Like, stopping some projectiles always feels weird when you can't stop all of them. Yeah. Also, the robots are easier to throw, but, like, if you try to grab, like, a, one of those Iblis lizards or a, a worm, they'll just kind of flop around and not hit something because they're just too big to, like, actually be useful or any, for anything. Right. But I guess we can go to uh, Blaze and Amy's yeah. gameplay since they're the partners. Amy, Amy very less so. Yeah, Amy is the knuckles of this story, is which is there... good because because her gameplay's not good. <laughs> is there something to be said about how Silver's two supporting characters are like the two ladies in this game, and Sonic's two supporting characters are two guys? Is there anything there? And and Shadows is a girl and non-binary. Yeah, <laughs> non-binary. Yeah, I I don't know. Is Sil Silver's Silver's pimping or something? I don't know. Is he a Dude, man? okay. I just want to say real quick. There's a scene, I know this is the story and we're supposed to talk about it later, but I just, while it's in my head, there's a scene where Silver's like, I don't know if I can kill somebody to save the world, and Blaze is like, look, it's a matter of, like, one person versus the entire world, like, it may be a terrible thing, but you've got to do it. And it's an inspiring, like, motivational speech about murdering Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was really funny, that's all. I think that Sega might have to make that decision someday. <laughs> is it worth killing one hedgehog to save our entire brand? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Make please. the next game just about silver. Do please it. Please bring Yakuza over. Thank you. So, so Blaze's gameplay honestly might be my favorite, and it's not even good. Like, it's just fun, and I think that's just because she has a double jump, which takes too long, but in, like, a fun way. Yeah. And then she has, like, something that is a... It's like a dash, but you usually just use it as a homing attack, but it's much faster than a homing attack. She doesn't quite feel like Blaze from her debut game. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, because I feel like a lot of these characters feel the way you would expect them to. I mean, obviously, Silver is I new. mean, she has some elements. Like, her, her jump is... Like, a lot of her moves seem to be, like, what happens, like, after you jump off a ramp. Yeah. Where she kind of uppercuts... Yeah. 
her uppercut thing in Sonic Rush if you hit like R and up and her double jump are pretty much the same animation. But I do think that like her thing in Sonic Rush is that she can control herself and be able to maneuver around small platforms better than Sonic can. But you can't yeah. really do that in this game. Yeah, you probably have less control. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of like what made her character her was that she was still fast like Sonic. Like she was different from Tails because Tails is supposed to be kind of like nerfed Sonic, but he can fly. Whereas yeah. Blaze is Sonic, but she can't like she can hover instead of being way fast in the air. And I feel like that's a very nuanced difference that is just kind of lost here. Yeah. I just want to say something real quick, which is that uh, I love the way the gameplay and sort of character design mesh where she's a character that is in control of herself in a lot of ways, including mechanically. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I think Sonic has always been good about that. Like, the Tails is a little slower yeah. than Sonic, but he can catch up, and Knuckles is sort of the guy who goes around the back. Yeah, yeah. He's evolved into a knucklehead, for better or for worse. Well, not only that, but I mean, like, in Sonic 3, you know, you see Sonic, or you see Knuckles, rather, in the background of everything, and he's, like, already ahead of you. But it's like, how did he get there if he's so fast? Well, it's like he punched a hole through the ground and then showed up behind <laughs> yeah. the thing. And he climbed up a wall, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, he goes around, he, he works around Sonic's speed because he knows the area better. And that's cool, too. Yeah. And here, you know, like in 3D Sonic, some of that stuff kind of changes. Yeah. Blaze is fast, though, and she gets her own Wave Ocean sub-level. So it's kind of fun to just have a level to herself. Yeah. Where you can run. Anytime someone gets a devoted segment, it's cool. Because a lot of the times, like we said, they're kind of just stuck in other yeah. people's levels. And yeah. it's better than Tails, because honestly, Tails goes to a point where it's almost a rehash of the of Sonic's version of Wave Ocean where you have to play as Tails, so it's kind of... It's just don't. don't no, no, no Tails. <laughs> no Tails. But Blaze please. is cool. Yeah. Amy, also no. Amy? Amy is slow. <laughs> Her hammer, is it, it, it's like a really powerful, like, you just smash a robot but it's like delayed and like the lag with like the debris just doesn't help either and it's a yeah. really tiny hitbox like in sonic adventure it's like double her size i feel like yeah and she can use the hammer for mobility and use it in the air to you know recover from like having no spin jump right and she could double jump because i guess she needs that because she has absolutely no lateral movement and there's yeah. a lot of gaps in the dusty desert level where you just kind of have to. I think this is the worst Amy gameplay we've experienced. Yeah, and it's weird because Sonic Adventure, I think, is like bad for Amy's gameplay, but it's not because of her, it's because of the levels. Whereas here, I think the levels are actually okay, but it's yeah. just that Amy plays like the way that an action RPG like heavy character class would, and that she's incredibly <laughs> slow, does a ton of damage, and you need to be really precise with her. But this isn't that game. Yeah. She's so small. Yeah, exactly. She's like, she, she feels really out of place here. Yeah. She feels like you should be playing Monster Hunter with her and not Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to check this because I need to like actually fact check this. I could have sworn she could turn invisible in this game. Maybe that's like a power but, like, up. It doesn't add anything because it's not like there's an actual stealth thing to it. Oh yeah, she can. She does it to sneak up on enemies, which I guess helps but like how does she turn invisible i try you mean like button wise or like no no, no, no like cannon <laughs> i like i feel like she just waves her hands or something like i don't know 
what? like how Sonic doesn't notice her or something like that's like it's like that kick-ass explanation where like, oh what? I'm invisible to girls that's my power that's hilarious have any of you seen the movie kick-ass I haven't seen it I, I just I remember have. it existing I, I, and getting a sequel I like both of the kick-asses but that's I I want to watch them sometime <laughs> they're good movies in my opinion okay Amy's really weird Amy's very strange I did not know she could turn invisible you only have to play her in that one segment. She gets, like, a little mission where she just fights robots, which is fine. And then the very last level of the game is all the characters, basically. But we can talk about that later. Right. When that's the next episode. But that's that's the character gameplay. And we could probably talk about the story for a bit. Like, we're, I'm just going to do some Cliff's Notes kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay? Before we move on to the story, I just want to say real quick... Steven, at the beginning of this podcast, you said that Sonic's gameplay sort of, like, is comparable to a racing game. Yeah. And I really felt like this game felt like it was a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, I feel like it was designed the way a roller coaster ride is designed. Like, there are a lot of set pieces. You know, uh, obviously there are dramatic camera angles, and that's not, like, new to Sonic, but I feel like it's kicked up a notch. Yeah. You know? Where it's always trying to sort of show you cool things with a lot of explosions and moving parts and highly scripted sequences that are very poorly scripted. I think it's supposed to be like a showcase for the console's power and what Sonic can be now, but in, yeah. in that way you lose any sort of sense of control. And mm -hmm. I weirdly see the transition between the Sonic Adventures to Sonic Unleashed in this game, you know? Yeah. Because I think I think the Sonic Unleashed like sort of hallway gameplay really gets the the roller coaster vibe, you know, that that I see here a lot of the time. Yeah, and also the combat from Sonic Unleashed sort of makes sense coming from here and coming from Sonic Heroes also. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm gonna try to run through the story yeah. as fast as I can because we're running a little low on time. But, so, the the game begins, you know, with Sonic, because it's like most games where you can only play a song before you can play as everyone else. Well, I guess that's just Sonic Adventure. Anyway, <laughs> you're just brought to this festival in this nice country. Like, this is really good CGI in this scene. Like, yeah. who would even know this is a Sonic game until Sonic shows up? Right, that's kind of the problem. <laughs> yeah. And you have all these people in these outfits. It looks nice. It feels, like, vaguely Italian. Then Eggman attacks. Yeah, it, it like... The Castletown map is basically Venice. And if you don't like the aesthetic of Venice, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude! Got him. My, like, watch, if you like Venice, watch watch the anime, Aria the Animation, and then cry after you watch all three seasons. Anyway, Eggman attacks, and then Sonic comes to save, and for some reason, Elise, like, has, like, a flash, and then sees Silver for some reason, which I guess there's an explanation, but we'll get that when we get to Silver. Yeah. A attacks, and a lot of the story is just Elise getting kidnapped and then Sonic saving her. Yeah, it's a bunch of, like, A to B back to A to B. Like, you go and get her, and then she gets got again, and you're back in Soliana, and you have to go to wherever she is, and then you go and yeah, get her. Yeah, you go to Dusty Desert. <laughs> yeah. Like, you chase him a wave ocean in the egg carrier. You don't get to go in the egg carrier. Kind of hate that. <laughs> and then you go to Dusty Desert to rescue her, and then you're doing the whole carrying her thing. Well, because Sonic's story is a romance. Yeah. Which is itself terrible. Like, even <laughs> even ignoring that it's a romance with a human, like, person who looks 11. 
you also have to ignore that it's a romance with someone who isn't Amy, who I feel like we've all kind of accepted is supposed to be Sonic's romantic interest, even if yeah. it's not a romance story. Yeah, absolutely. So this feels weird, because I felt like we were getting to a spot where Sonic and Amy were, like, good friends, and that would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there are, there are a lot of, like, soft moments with Sonic and Elise. There's a bit where a, a butterfly lands on his nose. Which is just, like, a true showing of clash of, like, art style. Because <laughs> yes. yeah. his nose is huge because of yeah. it. Especially with this character model. That butterfly also, like, might as well be Charmy. Yeah. <laughs> God, imagine if Charmy landed on his nose. Christ. <laughs> But yeah, so she's constantly kidnapped just so that the two can yeah. stay in contact while he's doing action stages. Right. And like after he rescues from Dusty Desert, Silver apprehends him like, I found you, Iblis Trigger. Iblis Trigger. <laughs> and then Eggman swipes her. And then Sonic's like, you need to stop. Well, no, Amy's like, stop. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Amy. And then he goes <laughs> after Elise again. And he finds out his base at the White Acropolis. And... Eggman's like, aha, you fell into my trap, Sonic. And now, die. Except, I don't know if he says die, but he sends him to the future yeah. where Shadow is already there for some reason. We'll figure out that later. And they go through this ruined city and this volcano. Lots of lava, lots of terror. The music is great for these levels. Yeah. And then you fight Iblis, but he doesn't really have any bearing on the story other than he's guarding a Chaos Emerald. Yeah. Also, yeah, Chaos Emeralds are in this game, but like they use the two Chaos Emeralds that they have to do time travel. That's what that's what Chaos Control is amounted to now. And that's really weird because that creates situations where the Chaos Emeralds are at different points in time as yeah. well as different points in space. Yeah. And that's really weird. This game overall just takes some of the rules and like sets them aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't it doesn't establish any kind of time travel rules on like other properties. Right. And it also just, like, they time travel, but for no real reason until way later on in the story. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. they didn't need to time travel here. <laughs> they just time traveled to reveal that this game was going to have time travel. Yeah. Yeah, they learn along the way that, like, this was caused by the flames of disaster. And <laughs> My new band. Eggman also reveals he's trying to harness this thing called the Solaris Project. You know, Sonic Adventure 2 had Project Shadow, so we're going to do the Solaris Project. And Iblis is something to do with that. But... When they time travel back, Sonic's like, I gotta go after him, but Tails also has a mission, but I think Tails is just a, like a handmaid tells him to go look for Elise or something, but we yeah. don't, we've already established that I don't like Tails in this. <laughs> no one does, but, I don't think anybody's a big fan of Tails in 06. I never heard him say the phrase, wait up. <laughs> I guess that's a positive. It he is has a positive. so little character that he doesn't have to worry about character development from... Yeah. I mean, I guess if you if you are a cardboard cutout, character development isn't really a concern. Yeah. I didn't hear him say, wait up. Sonic goes to Radical Train to rescue Elise through Train. And I don't really like Radical Train, at least for Sonic and Shadow, because I have to, like, worry about trains that are going <laughs> to depart, and then the game just ends. I just lose a life for not being fast enough, and I hate that. Yeah. Silver has the best Radical Train level, even though it is the shorter one. There's yeah. also the, the problem with Radical Train, where it's the most, like, fall-down-a-hole level in the game, because, like, everything is just a gap for you to fall in. Yeah. It, it feels so easy to die in that area. Mm-hmm. But after that, they have a nice lovey-dovey moment. Oh, wait. He has to fight the Egg Genesis, I think, which is a kind of gamma-looking robot, and he fights the Egg Cerberus at the desert. Can I say that I'm really offended that the Egg Genesis doesn't have any Genesises on it? 
Yeah, it's just kind of boring. I do like the E-Series inspired design. Yeah, I, I also like that. But it also kind of upsets me because Egg Cerberus has nothing, like, no kind of inspiration other than he's a big dog. And he's also realistic looking. Yeah, it's not inspired yeah. by other egg robots or anything. It doesn't even look like an Eggman thing. Yeah. yeah, like, say what you will about the egg pawns. I mean, they're overused after this, but they every robot before had a nice identity, but these robots are very generic looking. Like, even the gun robots, which only had, like, a few designs, but you kind of understood their design because they're for the military. These aren't Eggman robots. <laughs> the beetles look like they belong with the, the bigger gun robots, but here, these, like, weird, like, pipe robots, like PCB pipe robots. Mm. Yeah, they're like battle droids. They look like Nerf robots. <laughs> They look like a, like a Star Wars action figure. Right, like they look silly, for sure. But not in a fun Eggman way. Silver tries to apprehend Sonic again, but Shadow kicks the crap out of him, so he's able to escape. But they have a nice little lovey-dovey moment in a field after... They go through the forest level, which is the other carrying level, but they had the nice lovey-dovey moment, which Isaiah talked about. Yeah. With the and butterfly. With they're the all butterfly. safe, but then Eggman threatens to destroy Soleana, so Elise just gives herself up to Eggman again. So that's like... <laughs> The third or fourth time she's gotten kidnapped. <laughs> it's very silly. It's especially... Yeah. Like, it feels like she gets kidnapped even more because you see her get kidnapped in other character stories. It seems to me like they're trying to make up for every time Amy didn't get kidnapped after the first time she got kidnapped. Yeah. It's so weird because it's literally a princess gets kidnapped, like, four times in one game. Yeah, it's a huge step mm -hmm. back from the plots of other Sonic games that are actually sometimes interesting. Yeah. Yeah. After that, Sonic has to go after through, like, Kingdom Valley, has to go through these trials, which... The last one is called The Trial of Love, and it's basically you just picking between two portals, one by Amy and one by Elise. <laughs> but they don't change <laughs> anything. You can't fail. Like, it doesn't matter which ones you pick. The guy's like, oh, I can't judge you. <laughs> I can't judge I you for that. liking a hedgehog. Please. He also refers to Amy as his first love, I think. So that's interesting. The old man or Sonic? He's like a relatively young-looking monk dude. Right, but it's not that Sonic says. It, it's not Sonic, yeah. He's just... I, I, I could go into, like, the trial missions, but they're tedious, and I don't want to. Yeah, it's just kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, I wouldn't ways. worry about it. Yeah, but he go through Kingdom Valley, and then he Silver's like, oh, I'm a good guy now. It's like, all right, cool. And then the level finishes, and then they see the egg carrier explode. <laughs> and this was alluded to in the future... When, with Shadow with like a newspaper that kind of said that but then Silver's like hey it's not so bad let's just do that cross chaos control and go like five hours in the past to prevent this and they do that Sonic goes to the aquatic base to stop the launch of the egg carrier Mark 2 Mark 3 whatever because he built a second one that got destroyed in Sonic Adventure yeah egg fleet 2 he fights the egg wyvern which is a pretty cool boss fight and that's an actual Eggman piloted boss and they fall together. He's like, oh, we don't have time to wait. Let's just kill ourselves. And they have wait, a nice moment hold in up. the Sonic story. I didn't get that don't, far. Don't, don't read into it, Isaiah. I don't have time to deal with your banter on this. <laughs> okay. Charlie, you like, just he, said there, that Sonic she, wanted to commit suicide with Eggman. No, she, she's like, are you, Sonic's like, are you sure you want Dom? He's like, what else we gotta do? And they have a, they like, get like, boosted by the explosion as they fall. They land safely for some reason. They have a good time. It's the end of the story. I don't think Sonic has ever taken fall damage, so why should he in a cutscene? <laughs> Got him. I mean, there is a in the Egg Genesis fight, she just jumps, and then Sonic rescues her. 
like by, while running. I know this is the wrong episode, but in Sonic Unleashed, Sonic literally falls from space and lands face first onto the ground. <laughs> and he's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he also like fell face first in Sonic Adventure. He's like, you're not Tails, you're just a little girl. Yeah, he also did fall from, like, a helicopter plane and then land on, like, just his feet on the ground. Yeah. At, like, a slope. So, basically, Sonic is immune to gravity. Yeah, yeah. Son- <laughs> well, he's not immune to it. He's, just, he's, just, he's safe from fall damage. Yeah. All right. He's he's a rubber man. So, Silver's story, he's, like, in the future. Man, everything's bad. This is how it's always been. He's and he has Blaze around. there because Blaze in this timeline is just in the future, not from a separate dimension. Yeah, very weird. Though it's kind of alluded that she knows Sonic in a weird way, but that's not relevant. Because I refuse. This game is technically a soft reboot. Yeah, I don't think that this game is meant to have any sort of idea of the things that happened before it. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be tied right. to it at all. But we're still supposed to know that Tails, Knuckles, Rouge, and Omega know people and like yeah. each other. right. I consider Future Blaze and Alternate Dimension Blaze to just be two separate characters. Like, it's just a coincidence. No, yeah. I, I think that Blaze is Blaze from the previous game as much as Sonic is Sonic from the previous game. Yeah, in that they are not. <laughs> yeah, they're not themselves, they just are designed to look like them and have similar personality traits. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it does seem like this game is completely separate, even though after this, they will be tied in. Like, Sonic 06 gets tied back into the narrative with Generations. Yeah. And man, like, yeah. the Sonic narrative from this point onward is pretty much just impossible <laughs> to keep track of. Yes. But anyway, they're going through Crisis City. They beat Iblis Phase 1, but they try to contain him, but they can't, so... Then this strange Shadow, the Hedgehog-looking character, Mephilus, shows up. He's like, a chicken comes from egg, and... <laughs> something. Dude, he literally really is sorry. like, have you ever heard of cause and effect? Allow me to demonstrate via metaphor. <laughs> and I can show you. And he just basically says that Sonic causes Iblis to destroy everything. He calls him the Iblis Trigger, which is why he calls him that Sonic story. Yeah. And so he uses like a his magical orb to transport them to the past. And Silver and Blaze get separated, which is why Blaze has that her solo level. But Silver goes through the jungle and he goes through the desert to try to find him. He kind of goes on a little goose chase because he also goes to White Acropolis. And he fights Sonic along the way. And he fights the Egg Genesis at White Acropolis. But he never meets Eggman. Like, he doesn't meet Eggman at all in his story. But he mentions him later. Yeah. But eventually he, you know, catches up with him again. And he meets Amy, too. But we already know how much bullshit Amy is. Because <laughs> he saves Sonic from Silver. But, let's see, he goes to Radical Train. I'm sorry. Am I sounding consistent? Because I just I feel like I'm just jumping around a lot. I but mean, like I just want to get through this. You sound as consistent as the story seemed to me. Yeah, yeah, like the story really jumps around a lot. But once he gets a radical train, he tries to attack Sonic again. Shadow apprehends him. He's like, "I'm gonna show you what actually happened in the past." And then he does chaos control. And then Silver's like, "Well, he seemed to do that chaos control thing when he tried to kick me, so I'm gonna try it." <laughs> and then Shadow's like, "Whoa, you know how to do chaos control? Crazy, right?" <laughs> Let's yeah. go to the past. So in the past, they witnessed the Duke of Soleana trying to control their god, Solaris. Hmm, this seems a little familiar. But oh, yeah. he's like, why won't you listen to us? And then he breaks apart. Everyone like gets hit by shattered glass as it explodes. Yeah. And then the orb that was Solaris 
breaks up, and its shell seems to turn to the shadowy goop, which is Mephilus. Uh, more on that next episode. And then flames in the middle start going around, and that's Iblis in this uncontained form. And after going through Aquatic Base, the Duke comes in with Elise, and so this is like the only way. To, this is like the only way to seal because there was a way to seal Mephilus, which is with a, a scepter. <laughs> because why not? No, but but you're for real. Right. Why not? <laughs> so why don't I seal the other thing with my daughter? Because the royal blood soul can do that, I guess. <laughs> because why not? And the only consequence is that she cannot cry, or the flames of disaster will be unleashed. Right, because that's how tears work. And, that's yeah, really and weird. Like, I think in Sonic Story, Elise has like flashbacks to say not to cry, but like I can't remember yeah. when he might say that, except like as he's dying, because he's he like dies kind of in front of Silver. Yeah. And then Silver's just kind of tasked to like leave her outside by a tree. The Duke just tells him, "Take her somewhere safe." <laughs> and so she leads him by a tree, and Shadow's like, uh, "Is she gonna be okay over there?" He's like, "Yeah, let's just go before she wakes up." Yeah, she'll be fine. But like, if she ever cries, we all die. That is, yeah, insane. This whole story, like, when you get to this part where it's like Solaris in was Mephilus, it's like, oh, I, well, yeah. And it's it's weird because it feels like this is where the plot is, not in Sonic's story. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the plot, none of Sonic's yeah. story is the plot. It's just Sonic being told that he's part of the plot and acting like, nah, man. Yeah. I mean, this is like that thing where I say I really like how Sonic Adventure does the different stories to give more perspective. Yeah. Because Sonic's story is just kind of fighting Chaos and Eggman. And that's kind of the same thing in this, but he's just mostly fighting Eggman and rescuing Elise, which is not as interesting because it's more about Elise than it's about Eggman or right. Chaos. Yeah. Well, like, Eggman is almost kind of irrelevant to the story in reality. Yeah. And Sonic doesn't meet Mephilus except for, like, maybe one scene when they're peeking in the future, but... Yeah. And he only fights Iblis just to have a boss fight. Yeah. I mean, it, rem it reminds me kind of like the situation where we sort of learn about the old Robotnik and Maria at the very end of Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that story is kind of backloaded, but at least the characters in it are relevant to the characters that are being talked about in the later half. But in this yeah. one, yeah. like... Sonic... The Duke is irrelevant. Yeah, the Duke is irrelevant. Sonic is irrelevant. Eggman is irrelevant. The only thing that Sonic really matters about is that if he dies, at least cries. And, like, that's not... I mean, yeah. And, like, once they return to the present, he realizes what he has to do. That's when he meets up with Sonic at Kingdom Valley to do his trials. And he knows that Eggman is stealing Elise to, like, unleash the flames of disaster. So that's what he knows. But right. he doesn't really see Eggman that much to know, which is, you know... Also, why does Eggman always want to blow up the Earth, despite that definitely not being in his best interest? Well, the funny thing is, this is worse than blowing up the Earth, as we'll find later on. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Eggman just wants to control God. Eggman also invents time travel, and then just like never uses it. Yeah, yeah. he's a dumbass. <laughs> time travel is just like I don't even know if it's like a plot device it's like barely that yeah it's it's a it's they use it like they're flashbacks yeah that's exactly like i was saying the silver level in the past with shadow in it feels like one of the flashback levels in shadow the hedgehog including the music sounding like it was a flashback level from shadow the hedgehog yeah i know i like i had like this bit in my head where like shadows in aquatic base no Shadow, like, hears this music, and he's like, what am I feeling? And then he just shouts Maria in the middle of the <laughs> <Yeah>. base. <laughs> that's really good. That'd be pretty good. But that's also why I like aquatic-based music, so. 
Yeah, man, I don't know. The, the story here is just wild. Yeah. After Kingdom Valley, you know, Sonic Silver used the cross chaos control to go back to the past. You're like, well, I stopped Elise from dying. I'm sure Sonic has us completely under control. Life is hopeless, so Blaze, let's go back to the future and see if we can try to stop <laughs> Iblis there instead of maybe, like, stopping and sealing him after, like, he's Dude. unleashed directly. But I guess we're too dumb for that. But they go back to the future because, like, there's no place like home. Let's go to that volcano. He's Trunks from the Cell Saga. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but they just don't have that narrative explanation. Or oh, I don't even oh, know no. if DBZ itself has that narrative explanation. I'm just thinking of what Dragon Ball Z abridged tells me. Because I didn't grow up with the Cell Saga, and I don't care right. enough to watch the Cell that's... Saga. Th okay. <laughs> they find this orb that's at the end of the Flame Core level, where basically Silver has to do is, like, it's one of those emblems, so it breaks apart when he goes to it, which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. And then you face Iblis Phase 3, which, by the way, Iblis Phase 2 and Phase 3 are, like, kind of these walking lava golems. But then Iblis Phase 2 for Sonic and Shadow is just a snake for some reason. Yeah. But the Iblis Phase 3 boss is pretty nice. Because it's one of those kind of tension things where it slowly destroys the platforms. And if you don't hit him fast enough or do enough damage, he'll actually kill you. Like, oh, I can like get he'll make you that. fall into the lava. Like, you have a timer, but instead of it being, like you have five minutes like your environment is crumbling away yeah yeah, yeah I, I don't know if i like that for a sonic game necessarily but i definitely like the idea do you like it in donkey kong 64 uh, i don't remember the final area of donkey kong 64 very much there's the dragonfly boss where you fight with chunky where it starts making the platform lower so you have to punch him just enough oh yeah enough. there's also the jack-in-the-box boss where the platforms are yeah there's some stuff in donkey kong 64 he doesn't like chip away at your footholds I think I can get behind it as a silver boss, but I also don't know how well polished it is, so... I much yeah. prefer the Sonic fight with Shadow where the platforms are falling behind you so you have to keep running. Yeah. Even though that mm -hmm. fight is not maybe ideal, but the, the feel yeah. of that fight is good. Yeah. So, after defeating Iblis, Silver uses psychokinetic energy and try to contain him, try to seal him away. And Blaze like, this ain't gonna work. So, you know how I have fire powers? Well, I guess... We're just going to seal them inside me, since it kind of matches, and we'll do it that way. And they seal, they basically together seal Iblis inside of Blaze, and Blaze dies. Oh. She kind of fades away in like a ghost. So okay. that's why you could call this game Sonic Adventure 3, because the other two Sonic Adventures had a sacrifice in it. Yes. And this one, this one is a little bit of a tearjerker, kind of like those, but it's just not in that great of a game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other jerking going around in this game that is not exactly tier related. It basically turns irrelevant later because of how yeah. dumb this game is. Well, so. I, I didn't know you were going to say Blaze dies. I was going to say it works because Blaze is, like, not going to cry because she's yeah. just too, like, <laughs> stoic. Yeah. So yeah. she's, like, the perfect person. And then you were like, and she dies. And you were like, whoa. <laughs> oh, never well, mind. Well, it's also weird because in the level, Blaze is like, oh, I can sense him. It, it, there's this weird connection that you kind of wish you knew more about, but... Yeah, yeah, it's almost well, interesting. It's just, I also think... Blaze is just tacked on. Visually, like, Blaze's fire situation is really toned down in this game. Like, yeah. in Sonic Rush, a... whenever she jumps, she's on fire. And in this, it's like a particle three-quarters of the way through her double jump, and that's about it. She's just not a focus of this game, which doesn't help, and it just... You wish you could see more of her, but, like... I mean, it doesn't feel like this game has a main character or even a supporting cast. Like, everyone yeah. feels incidental when they're present on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, 
they do have good moments together. Because you kind of see this relationship, like, a, a much nicer relationship than Sonic and Elise. Because they just happen to get separated, but they, like, they've clearly, like, grown up together. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. They've got the same cool, like, friendship that Sonic and Amy has. It's way more interesting than tacked on romantic tension. Silver and Blaze's interactions actually slowly sold me on Silver as a character. Yeah, I... I really didn't like him in Sonic's story. I think that Silver's character, especially in Sonic's story, is just kind of annoying. And yeah. the, most of the reasons why I like him are his abilities and his design. But I do think that when you learn about him and his story, it makes him slightly right. more, like, at the very least tolerable. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about these separate stories. You get to see things from different perspectives. And I do think that, like, it's weird that these stories feel so separate. But I think that yeah. in some capacities, that is better than Sonic Adventure, where you watch the same scene, like, five yeah. times. It's, it's condensed because you don't have Tails bum-fucking around Sonic everywhere except for the last... <laughs> few scenes. Right, for sure. You've got like Silver doing completely separate things from Sonic and only running into him, and that makes the story feel fresh when you're doing a different character, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. At the same time, though, like, Silver and Sonic could figure things out a lot faster if the first time they met, they like, talked. Oh, you mean like in any video game with conflict ever? <laughs> yeah, and like, that sucks. Like, yeah. That's a bad plot, is if it can be resolved by literally a conversation. Well, I think that it's okay here because Silver and Sonic seem like characters that would not choose to communicate. Yeah, and like, in Sonic's situation, he is in a hurry, like, at the time, because yeah. while he's fighting Silver, Elise is getting kidnapped. Yeah, I think here it actually makes more sense than in like a fighting game where characters just start beating each other up because it's the only thing you can do. <laughs> hey, let me know if I need to cut this out, but toxic masculinity? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely definitely. Cut that I don't know out. if you need to cut it out, but it's definitely toxic masculinity. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I want to say one more thing before we wrap things up. It's really nice, the music that plays when uh, this final cutscene when Blaze dies, and I think it reflects on something that Silver actually says, because I think a lot of the event music is based on, like, names. Yeah. Or based on dialogue. It's called You're My Companion, and that's just... Nice and sweet. Yeah, I like that Silver but. has a friend in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of different from Shadow in that way. In Shadow's first appearance, he didn't really have any friends. Yeah. Like, eventually Rouge got attached to him, but it wasn't until Heroes and later on where we feel that Shadow actually, like, reciprocates that. Yeah. But here, yeah. Silver, even though he feels like a rogue element that wants something different from everyone else, he, he doesn't feel like this random new guy as much because he's connected to Blaze in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Steven, I don't know if we have time to talk about art. Do you think we cover that enough with the I want to wrap up segment? a couple of quick things that I thought about coming into this, which is that I like how Crisis City is the palette of a volcano, but it's not a volcano always. There are lava segments, but I still like the palette of Crisis City. Yeah. And I also like how the palette of the actual volcano level, until a certain point, is more the palette of a city. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of like dark textures with like a few lights here and there. And the general shape of the area is also almost, like, city-like, kind of. Yeah. And I think that's a kind of cool juxtaposition. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I enjoyed it. And I also, like, just in general, there's a healthy amount of day and night levels here, which is good. Sonic tends to do that. Yeah. And it's good that we have that here. And I like the look of this game in general. Everything is really high-res, so screenshots yeah. for this game look great. Yeah. It's a pretty decent, like, launch or soft launch for the next gen. Yeah, like, just looking at it is nice. It, obviously, when you start playing it, it feels a little grosser in there, it's hiccups and stuff, <laughs> but 
Yeah. I think they did a good job making Sonic look fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Despite all the other shortcomings. Unfortunately, I don't think... I liked, What I liked about Sonic Adventure is that, like, a lot of the... Whenever you're on the adventure field, at certain points of the story, the day will be different. Yeah. The time of day, but that never happens. Like, it shows up in cutscenes. Yeah. But then it's just like, the next day, I guess we didn't render a night version of this. <laughs> yeah, like, Suliana is at night in the first cutscene, right? Because it's a little festival yeah. of lights and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I, I do think that having time of day for your overworld is always a nice thing, but this game's overworld is not the draw at all. It's even worse than Sonic Adventure, I'd say. Yeah, they're larger and a bit more empty, especially the forest. Dude, oh, the yeah. forest, like, when you're playing as silver, sucks. Because it's so open and so empty, and silver is not fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like the forest from Sonic Adventure is also bad because it's just a maze that serves almost no purpose. Yeah, but yeah. here you don't even get to move fast through it. Yeah, like at least in the forest in Sonic Adventure, you can move quickly, and it's more condensed. Yeah, it's it's a more condensed form of bullshit. <laughs> it's and ideal. there's like some interesting things to see. Like there's some bridges, and you can see the castle in this game, but like there's trees. Yeah, again, the screenshots are great, and there's also this cool thing in the forest where you get to a clearing, and there's a pool, and it's surrounded by trees, and that looks great. Yeah, yeah. I think that the people who modeled the levels in this game did a good job. Like, the levels look really cool. Did a just really play good job. Well. It's not just that the, the models are great, but just the art direction in general, characters aside, is really strong. Like, the environment art is excellent. Yeah, and I think that... I, I do kind of wish it was a little more, I guess, like, clashing color, like, intense palettes, the way that old Sonic games have. But yeah. if they're trying to reboot the series, I think they did the art very consistently while still having these sort of bombastic environments like Crisis City. Hmm. Well, and I, I think the I think the clashing colors versus this, like, more... I don't know how you would describe the colors in 06. Uh, they're, like, muted. Subdued. Yeah, they're muted. Yeah, I feel like they fit their respective eras, you know? Like, I feel like it makes sense that Sonic in the 90s would look extremely 90s, and I feel like the muted sort of colors in 06 fit the era of the mid-2000s. Well, like, yeah. I enjoy the palettes from... Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, even though those aren't as over-the-top as, say, like a chemical plant zone, where you've got purple water and blue pipes with yellow lining. Yeah. But even in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, I feel like some of the color choice is a little little out there, and I like that, because it's stuff that you wouldn't always see. But here, these environments, as nice as they look, feel a lot more normal, I guess. And I think that was a result of them trying to make them realistic. Yeah. But I do think that we get enough variation in them that I'm not bored of it. The way that, like, uh, Skyrim got me. Like, uh, Skyrim is a really nice-looking game, but to me, the entire environment looks super samey. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like this, where you've got tons of different things to look at all the time. All the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Everything looks nice, and there's variety. Even if it's a little more, quote-unquote, plain than we're used to in Sonic, yeah. it still varies itself often enough that you're never uninterested. For sure. So, what do you guys think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, Sonic and Silver in Sonic 06? Thumbs down, despite how used to it I've gotten. Yeah, thumbs down. <laughs> I can't blind myself. I'm gonna say thumbs down to Sonic and thumbs up to Silver? I'm thumbs up on Silver as a concept, but even the gameplay it just makes it so unacceptable. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the levels that Silver plays are a thumbs down. Yeah. Weirdly, the gameplay's a thumbs up. Oh, I love Silver. Silver is my... Like, I go back and forth between Silver, Jet, and Emerald being my favorite Sonic characters. Yeah. 
And I think oh, that Silver man. is so strong gameplay-wise and so unique for a Sonic game without feeling out of place in a Sonic game. Yeah. That it, it's exceptional what they did with him, but then they put him in that level where you have to put balls in holes. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, I want to wait until I play Shadow's gameplay before I give a, a final verdict of thumbs up, thumbs down on the total game. Yeah, I mean, of course. It'll probably be a down. There's no way this game is making it out with a thumbs up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think that this game deserves a thumbs up. I don't think this game deserves any more than, like, a 3 out of 10 on a real scale. Well, it's one of the situations where I want it to be better than it is. And so I yeah. want to like it more than I do. And so I'm trying to convince myself that I like it as much as I want to. I, I can't do that. Well, like, I couldn't even do that for Sonic Adventure. Like, I gave that game a yeah. thumbs up, but, like, that thing has a child garden staple onto it. And, like, <laughs> there's some stuff to do in there. But here, like... If Sonic 06 had a Chow Garden, I think... Like, oh, if Sonic 06 had a Chow Garden, it'd be a And it up. should. Yeah. It should. Like, there's a sign for a Chow Garden. There's even a Chow in Space 3 poster, even though it's very faded because it's in Crisis City. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, if this game had a Chow Garden, it would be a thumbs up. No doubt about it. Like, yeah. And it would actually be Sonic Adventure 3. Yeah, and it'd be rewarding. But it's not rewarding. Nothing in this game feels rewarding. Yeah. All right. Yeah, like the emblems. Right. Like, you get gold medals, but it never tells you how many, as Isaiah was explaining to me before we yeah. recorded. Yeah. And there's, like, silver medals, like, scattered throughout the level in Overworld, but I don't feel compelled to collect them. Well, and it's because you have no idea how many, like, there are. Like, there's yeah. a certain amount per stage, but I don't know how much that is. Presumably it's five, but I yeah, can't, five, like, I think. pause the game and see, like, an out-of-five count or anything like that. Right, and they don't do anything, do they? I mean, I think if you get all of them, you get a gold medal. But it doesn't count how many gold medals you have, either. Right, and what do those do? Ah, they're just poorly planned, didn't implement. You can buy all the power-ups for the characters without having any medals, right? Yeah. And like, so, like you don't even need <laughs> you don't need to do well in the game to get enough rings to buy the power-ups. Right. So like there's no incentive to play this game well. It's not easy to play well. Like or rather it doesn't feel conducive to learning how to play it and like just, there's nothing here. Like there's some okay gameplay and then there's some really cool ideas for Silver that like the thing is as cool as Silver's gameplay is it's only ever used to fight the same enemies over and over again that aren't interesting to fight. Like, you don't feel yeah. good having beaten those enemies, you just feel good throwing shit around. So, even then, this is not a $60 experience, even if it were only the best parts of Silver. Yeah. Yeah. So, thumbs down. I guess so. But still, th thumbs up on Silver. <laughs> For real, though, also thumbs down. Because this is one of those games where I can convince myself that I like it until I play it again and then remember everything about it. Yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah. That's my entire mood. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I want to play a level of Sonic 06. Oh. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not good, guys. It's not good. And here's the thing. Sonic Adventure is better, but I think it's also the same thing. Yeah. It's a bit more polished. It's only a little better. It's a lot older, so it's more forgivable. But it's only the a The loading screens aren't as bad. And it's... I, I could go on about how you're wrong, but I don't have the time. All right. <laughs> This episode has already gone on way over time. So follow us on Twitter at NoSpin-Zone. We sometimes stream on Twitch, NoSpin-Zone, like twitch.tv slash that name I just said. And <laughs> email us at NoSpin-Zone at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DrawsCharlie. I had to twist my head to remember. Don't ask me why. You can follow <laughs> Isaiah at IsaiahGames. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. Dude, you're killing Isaiah, it. Isaiah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, dude, you killed it. We'll see you guys next time for more Sonic 06. We're sorry. I learned it from watching you, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you learned it from listening to me. It's a podcast. Hey, don't Sh- shut up. Don't right. don't have a bad feature. Cow man. Sp- uh, spin spin you later. Hey look. <laughs> Absolutely. LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.